Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. The Gospel for this weekend is challenging for us. In fact, in the next coming weeks, things are going to get darker and darker in the Gospels. Why? Because Jesus is making his way closer to his passion and death. So, in the coming weeks ahead, the Gospel stories will be more somber in nature. Today's Gospel is the parable of the king who gives a wedding banquet for his son. Now, this is a common biblical theme. You see this in the Old Testament and the New Testament. The wedding banquet, it's a great metaphor for the coming together of divinity and humanity. Essentially, it's the marriage of heaven and earth, surrounded by joy, a celebration with good food and rich things to drink. See, that's the way it was meant to be at the very start of creation for all of us. And yet, what went wrong? Well, ironic enough, a bad meal. A bad meal caused the problem of original sin. Go back to Genesis, the story of creation. What caused the problem with the human race? Well, that seizing of the fruit and then eating it by Adam and Eve. It ruptured the relationship between heaven and earth. And after that, you see throughout the Bible, this establishment of a good meal, which is symbolic of healing healing the rift between heaven and earth. We see this firsthand in the prophet Isaiah in the first reading. Notice what he says. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will provide for all peoples a feast of rich food and choice wines, juicy, rich food and pure choice wines. Well, essentially, Jesus Christ embodies this prophecy, this hope of the Old Testament is now becomes a reality through Jesus Christ. Notice in the Gospels, what does Jesus typically do? He sits down at table and he invites everyone. Now we have to realize the society in Jesus' time was very stratified, was very divided. Regarding socioeconomic status, various religious beliefs, whatever it was, it was very divided. Well, Jesus, in his table fellowship, he overcomes all those divisions. He's inviting rich and poor, the sick and the healthy, the righteous and the religious outcasts. All are welcome to this wedding banquet in which God is the host. And this banquet has nothing but the best, rich food and choice wines. More to it, we have to realize we are a Eucharistic people. What do we do week after week after week? We come to Mass, don't we? We gather in table fellowship with Jesus. We eat and we drink with Jesus Christ. We come together because we are called by Christ. And we listen to his word. And then at that climatic moment of Mass, Jesus becomes really present to us as food and drink. Then that long-awaited hope of Isaiah 
that we heard in the first reading comes true precisely at our Mass and every time we celebrate Mass. Now, in light of all this, go back into the Gospel. How does the parable begin? It says, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. Well, who is the king? Well, God the Father. The Son is Jesus Christ. The celebration is Jesus marrying the church. We are all guests, and we're all invited into a relationship with God. God's love and life is now offered to us. It's an invitation for us all, and it's a monumental event. You know, a good analogy would be like you receive an invitation from the President of the United States His daughter is getting married, and the president wants you to attend. Now, you don't say, well, let me check my calendar, or I'll think about it. No. You know, this is an important honor. It's a -a once-in-a-lifetime event. You don't hesitate. You seize the opportunity, and you go. More to it, these invitations, like this one in the ancient world, carried with it a lot of political connotations. If you attended this wedding... Basically, you are telling the king that you support the king, his policies, his kingdom, and all of his decisions and his administration. But if you don't go to the wedding, you're telling the king that you don't support him, his administration, or any of his policies. You're against him. How do the guests respond? Well, the first time, they refuse to respond. Did you ever have a party and invite people, and those people never responded? How insulting. You know, it hurts your feelings. Well, God invites us into relationship every time we gather for Mass. But some people don't respond. So he sends his servants out a second time. Notice here the persistence of God. Remember we saw that last week in the story of the vineyard owner leasing his land to tenants. You know, at the appropriate time, he sent servant after servant after servant to attain his produce. So here, this week, we again see God's persistence. He sends servant after servant to invite these people. I would refer to this as God's relentless grace. God's grace is constantly being offered to us. Again, go to that analogy with the president. Well, the president, he essentially hasn't received your response. So now he picks up the phone and he personally calls you. And he says, you know, I haven't received your response. Are you coming? Well, by calling you, he's hoping that you come. Well, that's what exactly what's going on here. Now, it says in the story, some ignored the response. One went to his farm, another went to his business. So it begs the question, why do these people refuse this invitation? Well, we have to realize this parable is about salvation history. For centuries, God has been inviting people into intimacy. And so he sends his servants. We call them the prophets. People like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Elijah and Amos. The message is always the same. God wants to give his life and his love to us. Boil it down, this parable is very simple. It's about the acceptance or the rejection of God. Now, it's so important for us to hear this message of invitation with God, the invitation which God says, come and join me. God is offering us his life and his love. Once we hear that invitation, 
we must act upon it. We can't say, well, you know, let me check my schedule and I'll get back to you. See, it cuts to the heart of the message, our priorities. Where are our priorities? Is responding to this invitation the top priority in our life? Or is it in competition to all the other priorities we have in our life? Nonetheless, the invitation is constantly offered by God. We have to seize that opportunity. Finally, the king sends out the servants a third time to invite all people around the countryside, including complete strangers. See, this is symbolic of the church and Jesus' ministry. It was all about inviting all people, Jews, Gentiles, rich, poor, sick, healthy, all are invited into relationship with Jesus. No one is excluded. What's the great spiritual tragedy? We hear the invitation and we don't respond. We say to ourselves, well, you know, I've got other priorities in my life that are pressing. I just don't have the time right now. Maybe next week or maybe next year I'll respond to this invitation. Well, what's the result? The death of faith. I always say the Catholic faith is a generation away from extinction. If we don't teach the next generation the faith, And not just the knowledge of the faith, but the practice of the faith. Coming to Mass every week, the sacraments, the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, stewardship. If we don't teach them that, then the faith becomes extinct for that next generation. How are they going to know how to practice it if they don't know it? Unfortunately, I've seen this in so many families. I believe that this is one of the true spiritual tragedies in our church. Now, the end of the story. It's rather odd, isn't it? It says, But when the king came in to meet the guests, he saw a man there was not dressed in a wedding garment. The king said to him, My friend, how is it that you come here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendants, Bind his hands and feet and throw him out into the darkness. Now, we have to understand, and it's very important for us to understand, in the ancient world, Wedding celebrations went on for days, two, three, maybe even four days. Unlike our weddings in our day and age, they take place in just a matter of a few hours. Well, if you're invited to a wedding and you respond and say, yes, I'm coming, the next thing you do is you went home and you packed clothes for at least two to three days. And you packed your very best clothes out of respect for your host. Well, this man has accepted the invitation which the king wanted. But why throw him out? What does this mean for us? We are all invited, and it's important for us to accept the invitation. But after we accept the invitation, we have to put on our best garment, the garment of transformation. Paul puts it best in Corinthians. He said, it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. We are meant to wear the garment of Jesus Christ. We can't accept the invitation and then remain the same. The invitation into love and life of God requires change and conversion. The second greatest tragedy in the spiritual life is to accept the invitation, but we don't change. Grace always comes first. What's required of us? We have to cooperate with that grace because it demands that we change. We can accept the invitation of life and love with God and not change. One last thing to think about. 
Give yourself a spiritual litmus test. Ask yourself this very simple question. Am I the same person I was last year, two years ago, three years ago? If we can say, no, no, I'm not the same person. I'm a little bit more charitable, a little bit more just, a little bit more forgiving and patient. See, that tells us we have accepted the invitation. And better yet, we are dressed appropriately for the celebration of God's life and love in our life. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.